by the end of this podcast, you'll understand how one young winger is able to flourish at Man City, whilst another, we're still asking the question, what does he actually do for Man United? Welcome to the Knobcast, a podcast giving City and United fans their weekly fix of football analysis and debate with a focus on banter rather than bias. In today's instalment, Manchester United getting a close win over Fulham 1-0 in the 91st minute. Was it just dessert? Dessert? Was it a warranted victory, a warranted win, a just victory, or is it simply papering over the cracks? We'll also be touching on the role specifically of Anthony in that game and Doku in the Manchester City game. Manchester City comfortable beating Bournemouth 6 1. We'll be discussing those two matches with a particular focus on the wingers. And also, when we come to our Patreon supporter questions, We'll be discussing and debating the Arteta and Arsenal situation, the VAR controversy, the disgrace in the words of Arteta and the club. Were they disgraceful comments by Arteta? Gaskin and I will be discussing that at the end, so do not go anywhere. As always, Man City fan Nobbins, me, is joined by Man United fan Gaskin. Hello, hello. How are you doing? You a bit... I'm not too bad. Not too bad. up compared to the, the derby loss last week. Not really, not really. I just... I just go with it now. Just go, I with, just the go flow. with the flow. You don't know what to expect. The, the, fl- the, the flow of like it, it, your flow in particular right now is it's, instead of a flow of a river, it's like the flow of your toilet when you press. I flush. was going to say it's like a sewer system, yeah. like a cess- cesspit. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's not. It's, it's not just flowing water. It's full of crap as well, and rats and rat droppings and entrails. Yeah, and Anthony as well, just going down. <laughs> He's riding that wave of shit. Yes, he is. Um, absolutely. Well, but is he the cause of that wave of shit? Let's get into the Manchester United game now, shall we? So, three points on the board, beating Fulham 1 0 uh, at the mighty Craven Cottage. Um, you said Anthony's name. I've said Anthony's name. We'll be discussing him specifically later. But, Gasky, just give me sort of like a broad overview of your thoughts on the game what went right if anything who were you impressed by if anyone um, uh, proceeds well if we look at it from we're looking from two halves that we normally do first that half that is how football works it was it was it was dead the only player who looked like he wanted to play football was Canacho out of anyone on the pitch he genuinely well, he wanted the ball he yes. wanted to take players on he wanted to create stuff he was the only one you know, you've got a new, you've got a young new striker where you're not even supplying anything to him. He's literally feeding off scraps. It's like, what do you want him to do? Uh, Fulham offered nothing. So yes. in a game like that, you genuinely think, right, go and, you can go and have them here. They're making errors. Go and, go and take the game to them. There's just nothing. It's as if there was literally no morale in that team. For United. Yeah, they're just not bothered, you know. They score a goal and they celebrate with limbs and it's like... And then obviously got that goal that disallowed, which obviously is controversial, but whatever. Each to their own. Um, but it's like just... If you love it, if you have that much passion when you put the ball in the net, why don't you try and put it in the net more? If that sounds really stupid. <laughs> it's like, it makes it makes no sense. Like, yeah, yeah. if you're willing to celebrate like that, I'm just in my head, I think. But you really want to score then. You really want to win these games, but you're not willing to put the same effort in. Every minute, and pre- just, I was just going to say yeah, the, the pressing um, in particular. I, th- I think you mentioned then, like Fulham weren't really offering anything; they were there for the taking. And United were like they just they just backed off in terms of their pressing. That's what I mean. In comparison to how the season started, when I think they had them statistics where they were like the best, the, the top team for winning the ball back in the final third, and that's just vanished now. I don't know if it's due to injuries. I don't know if it's just due to him having to rotate the players. I don't know, but it's just vanished. That's the one thing they had. And you genuinely thought with all the pressing they can do, eventually it'll all click. 
and then they'll score goals. But they're doing neither now. I don't even know. As I say, I don't even know as a team what they offer <laughs> at the no. moment. I really don't. And I'm more than willing just to see full team player rotations, bin players off, and just please stop playing what Tommy is defensive midfield. If I'm about fit, put him in there. Like he, at least he'll literally run everywhere. I just don't understand it. That that midfield. I sort of like. I only really realized it when I like I, I skipped past you know like the lineup thing. I was like, realized like five, 10 minutes in, I was like, wait, the midfield three is Ericsson, McTominay and Bruno Fernandes. And I, I checked the bench and I know Casemiro's injured, but I was like, well, is, is Amrabat injured? Like what? And he, he's there. He, he seems to be fine. Um, the, one, the one thing when you have, when Ericsson's on the pitch, right, we know he literally doesn't track back. He can't mark players. He's not, he doesn't, he's never been in his game. He's now, what is he, 32, 33? He ain't going to have it in his game, Right. You play a player in that midfield behind him who's going to do his running work, which is Amrabat. McTominay doesn't run. So there's absolutely no point in playing him there. That was always the issue with Casemiro being there with Ericsson. Casemiro doesn't have the legs to run. You have to have that legs in there with Ericsson. Otherwise, there's no point. You might as well just bring him off the bench while the other team's tiring. And then while the other team's pushed back, you bring him on. And he's got the space that he needs. Shall I tell you my biggest issue with Ericsson from this game, though? Go on, go on. It's not even for, go on, go on. It's not even from an off the ball, like you know, when, when Fulham had the so it's not from a defensive standpoint. It's when United had the ball in in their own in their in their third of the pitch, like the first phase, the the build up phase of football. Um, Maguire and Evans basically just passing it. You know, one to the other, one to the other, one to the other, one to the other. Now, if that happens, let's take a city for example. Someone like Rodri, Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden, whoever, will drop deep, sometimes as, as deep, you know, to, to like the yeah, penalty to, box to get the third centre back to get the ball off. Them. Yeah, to pick up the ball, yes. to turn, and to then assist with the build up and get it from defence to midfield. Now, Ericsson can do that. I've seen him do that before. He's 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 good on the ball. His his first touch is good. But he he was purposefully, it seems, almost hiding behind the Fulham forward players, not making himself available at all. So it meant that there was a situation where, I, and you know, for once, I felt really sorry for Maguire and Evans, where all they could do was ping a long ball yeah. because. It'll happen. You've either got to play a long ball or you've got to play a pinpoint perfect ground yeah. ball, which is incredibly risky because it's got to be perfect. Why is that happening? Yeah, I, I agree. It's ridiculous. But I think it also comes down to Mutomini as well, because you, you're constantly playing three different holding midfielders who play completely different. You know, Amrabat. Will if you watch him in the games you play, he will do it. He will run back. He'll get the ball. He'll take it to the wingers, and he'll he'll do assist with that build up. Casemiro kind of does a bit of both, but he doesn't have the same movement. But Tomini doesn't. So you've got these you've got these defenders here who are in to deal with completely different players in front of them every time without the same style, and uh, they're both to blame really because it's like Tomini will never find the space. He'll he'll stand there and you just won't bother. And he hides, and that's that's one of the biggest issues. Is these defenders are getting the ball? You've got you haven't got a ball playing centre back in that team with them two at centre back. They're so old fashioned. They're never going to be able to be able to bring the ball forward. You're going to have to help. But is the worst player for that. He ain't he ain't going to help. And that was the, I think the biggest issue was that midfield just wasn't helping the defence, and it was just a long ball game. And then Hoyland's obviously going to be so frustrated because it's like, and then I think at one point in the second half they were just arguing amongst themselves because it was like it was just a mess. Yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't get it that there was a clear, a clear direction tactically 
for Ericsson to not drop deep and for this and for the center half to just ping it and and more often than not it didn't work the the, the sort of times where it got like the best out of united was when like Maguire would ping it and then there'd be a challenge and, Mc, and McTominay runs onto the second ball but this is hoofball this is this is this is yeah. second ball football if you play that style of football then more often than not the, the long ball is just going to get picked up by a defender back to the keeper and then they reset the play let's be fair that's what Sheffield United did against United like two weeks ago. Yeah. Exactly the same thing and they just got the second ball. That's how they play. Yeah. Not how United They're play. a team who are going to get relegated. Yeah. Who are going to play that way. It's like, you've got the players to play better football than that. So play it. I can it, understand. It's not rocket science. I can understand playing that way if it was against, if, you're total, if, if you know you're totally outclassed, you know, against a City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, whoever. But United were doing this against Copenhagen at home. They're doing it against yeah. Fulham. They were doing it against Burnley, against Sheffield United. It's it's a really weird instruction by, obviously, by the manager. But, but the thing is, not just that. The common denominator in all them games is McTominay's in that midfield who doesn't help. That's, mm. a, that's a serious issue. Is And I'll, I'll always come to him because I can't stand the guy because he's crap. Yes, and he people is. seem to just protect him so much. Just because he puts the ball in the net doesn't, doesn't matter with the fact that that's not even his job to put the ball in the net. He's just in the right place at the right time all the time. Even for Scotland, he does the same thing. He's just, he's never, he's never looking for the ball. You're a midfielder. You, you're gonna, you should have the ball the most. If you look at the stats for the Premier League, the players with the most, you know, most passes are either your defensive midfielders or your centre-backs because they're the ones that do the build-up play. The, the midfielder barely touch the ball because they're not looking for it. And this is why these centre-backs have to hoof it, especially when you've got Maguire and Evans who aren't, you know, ball-playing centre-backs. They're not modern footballers. They're, they're old-fashioned. They need that help. You're not giving it them. What do you want them to do? I saw something interesting um, on Twitter and it was basically this person's theory was that when a manager is pr- approaching the end of their, I'm not, not saying this necessarily applies to Ten Hag, but w- when a manager is sort of like the writing's on the wall in a way, they, they, you know, they, they fit their fear, they're fearful they're going to lose their job. Um, they will just start a load of goal scorers, not necessarily care about the dynamics of the team, but they will just throw in players in the starting eleven who they know can get them goals. I mean, I mean, that can't that can't be ten high because they don't score goals anyway. <laughs> so. No, true, but 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 specifically on McTominay, yeah. is it almost out of desperation the reason why he's starting all these games? Because you're right, he doesn't offer anything. Put the ball in the net, we'll just put him on the pitch. Yeah, look, if you're gonna, the problem is the only the only place McTominay seems even half assed to play is Bruno's position. But Bruno is ten times the footballer he is, so he's not going to play over him. So he can't he can't play at all. You leave him on the bench and you bring him on in this similar situation like the Brentford game. You need you need you know you're losing. You need a goal. You just dump him up top. Yeah, you know, simple as that. He doesn't offer anything ninety minutes. Yeah, and uh, it recently came out in a in another press conference by Ten Hag. I, I can't remember if it was just before or just after the. Fulham game where he was asked again about you know the, the play style situation oh, yeah. da, 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 da. and this time he, he was a little bit not necessarily contradicting what he said maybe he was a little bit lost in translation but he was he, he did say you know contrary to what he said before he did now say you know I, I came here the idea to playing you know some at least some sort of Ajax football but I, I can't do that with these players but again like you've got Ericsson who we know definitely can so why isn't he dropping to to receive why aren't you at least attempting it instead of as you say con- con- continually going down this McTominay line where it, it, amazes it just that it's can't work but this is but this is where genuinely the only solution of the United as a team now is you need to stop this favouritism why has McTominay been favoured by four managers 
How mm. is he still starting these games? Because he works hard and he exactly. runs this around. Is the, this is the thing. Yes, exactly. But then it, the, there's a lot of fans out there that just seems to be blind by it. Like, oh, he's running, so he's doing 10 times better. Yeah. Like, he's like, got, he's got the passion. Yeah, but it's like, it's like this is the thing, right? It's like with the whole, obviously we'll move on to the Anthony situation, but because he runs a bit more than the others, people are willing to go, oh, you know, at least he tracks back. It's like, well, that's not his job anyway. The mm. midfield should be doing that bit, yeah, but they don't. So it's like he's doing to do this extra running for no reason. Yeah. I tell you how I was impressed when he came on the Mason Mount because he was doing the thing I wanted Ericsson to do in the first he half. He was dropping deep. He was he was exactly. everywhere in that yeah. midfield. And that's what you need. Mm. I remember about a mount might be the salute the, the solution because they'll run. Simply that, they'll run. The, you won't be able to mark them because they'll just be moving around the pitch in that midfield and you, you won't be able to pick them up. Yeah. Simple as that. And that might be that I think that's potentially going to be the solution. Just it, to get them moving. It, 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 it must be. Like, you don't spend 50, 60 million on Mason Mount and not start exactly. him consistently. Like, and especially when he comes on and plays really especially, well. Especially your first signing of the summer as well. Like, you, you're, you're trying to get him, you're literally trying to get him in for him to be on the bench. Uh, uh, there's something there. I don't know what's going yeah. on there. It's weird. It, it, it is very weird. Uh, let's just touch on the goal before we talk about the... Uh, specific answer. It was messy, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah. the messy, messy from Fulham's point of view, it was awful defending. Oh yeah, it, it was, I mean, if because as, as we've criticised United here, Fulham were also really terrible. They didn't Fulham, hardly Fulham offered anything. Offered nothing. Fulham proved why they're like 13, 14th every year. They just, they don't offer yeah. anything. I think, yeah, United could have been there for the taking, but yeah. they just didn't do anything. And yeah, it, it's, it's a calamity. It's an, it's a, they have at least two, maybe even three chances to clear the ball. And then even, it's a good strike from Fernandez, but I think even the keeper gets a hand to it. it. He should save it. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. You're near post bottom like that. Yeah. You got to save that. Yeah. But, so it's, yeah. it's safe to say, it's not unfair to say that was a, a win, which quotes papered over the cracks. That was, that was a, that was a nil nil draw written all over. That was just yeah. a, a goal. That mm-hmm. wasn't it. Yeah, it was, it was just that, a goal. Yeah. Now, Anthony, um, there is, as I as we alluded to in the introduction, there is a new young winger, Man City, who's hit the ground running and is absolutely smashing it. Um, Anthony is another young winger, now into his second season. Uh, glimpses of a quality player in his first season for like a, I think that was sort of like a, it was like a midway through the season, or maybe two thirds of the way. He had like five really good games in a row, something like that. Seems to have regressed. Gasky was terrible against Fulham, offered essentially nothing that I can offer from an offensive creative standpoint anyway. Yeah. Um, what's going wrong? Because this was supposed to be like a marquee signing. You know, this is a player that Ten Hag obviously knows a lot about. Um, what? Yes. Yeah, so, so like what? Yeah. So like, oh God, so many questions here. What does he offer in reality? What should he? What should he offer slash have offered? He's uh, the perfect way I think to describe him at the moment is he is Ashley Young with skill because Ashley knew that United was he would always run with the ball and you'd be like oh cool and then he'd stop put his foot on it look backwards and Anthony's built this into his game now but he, he can get around players you've seen him go around them and he can take on players and he can bring players out of the game brilliantly but then. At the end of it, he's nothing there for him. He doesn't try and take on a man. He'll just stop at the edge of the box and then he'll look for the pass. Try, take him on. I think I think Ganaucho did about a handful in that Fulham game. He gave it away a couple of times, but he was trying. I think there was one when he makes the player and put him on the floor and he created this massive area in front of him running at the defence. You know, and 
But then I think it was when, when I think the prime example for me was when Palistri came on for him. And he was first thing he was doing was get, getting the ball away from him and running past defenders, trying to get into them spaces. That's what he needs to do. He needs to get into space. Don't put the ball up on the halfway line and try to take players on. Give it to your midfield. You need to be in front of that that final third, getting the ball while the defenders are tracking back. You know, I think that Anthony Robinson was on a yellow card at some point. Have him. He's on a booking. Yeah. You can force have him take him on. Yeah, force an error for him. He brings you down. He's, he's off. Simple as that. But I, I don't know if it's just a confidence thing. Like he's just he just feels like there's no confidence in the team at all. But especially for him, especially with the fact that you've signed for United on such a high amount of money, you need to prove something. You need to show something. And he's showing absolutely nothing at the moment. Yeah, it's 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 really unusual. I feel like in the modern day, if you want to be like a, a top wide player or a top winger, if you don't have a lot of pace, so if you're not super quick, then it's it's still it's still very you still got a very good chance of being a very good winger. It's obviously a lot harder for you, but in that case, you either need to be someone like a Riyad Mahrez, who unbelievable first touch, fantastic dribbler, got a great shot on him. You know, someone like Grealish, really good at driving through the middle, a fantastic creator. You've got to have a, you've got to have another string to your bow because you don't yeah. have the pace to rely on. Because Anthony's not the quickest. I think I think it's fair to say no. he's not got like that. You know, that blistering speed. But it was a, pr- a prime example for him. It really is Iron Robin, for example. Right, he was all left foot, but. His left foot was that good. You knew it. Even if he'd cut in and he had half a yard, he'd still top corner it. Yeah. He didn't have the pace to go around players, but he was that good at just getting the ball through gaps and getting his way through these gaps. You did feel about the pace. But Anthony has got, he seems to be in that area of pace where he has enough to take on a handful, but not all. But his left foot is just so unreliable that he could cut in and put it top corner and then he could put it and put it in row Z. Hmm. Uh, You just don't know which one he's going to do. And he just needs, he needs to find some kind of consistency and just stop trying too hard, I think, is the main thing. Sometimes he just tries to, oh, I'm going I'm to make it, I'm going to make this goal look special. It's like, no, pass it, get rid of it. Let the midfield build something and go and stand in some space and have it on the edge of the box. Last question I have on this, um, oh, unless you've got anything else you want to say about it afterwards. Um, what is the short-term solution? Because it, it is an issue. Like, he's not playing well. He's playing shit. Um, is the solution to just ride it out because the other options aren't really that good or is it actually just, you know, like bench him, you know, play Mount there, play Palestri there, whatever. So do you ride it out or do you like say, mate, you, you, you've got, before no. you improve, you've got yeah. to be dropped. What do you think? No, me, me personally, I think you've got to treat it like you would any player. If any player in God knows the last few years, if any player doesn't perform, you put them on the bench and you give someone else a try. That's all you've got to do and let them come off the bench. I think give Palestri a run because you need to keep the positions the same. Like Bruno was a hundred times better against Fulham than he was. Um, against City because he was in the middle you know he goes he vanishes on the wing play him there put you know you've got Plistri and Anthony who both play right wing just put Plistri in for him just swap them over let Plistri have a front of games you know like I think Gennaro played well I think he should start against Copenhagen mm-hmm. because he's deserved his chance because he's I thought he played quite well yeah I, that's, I think you just need to do the first call is that not you know just I'm going to keep defending my player and keep playing him he's struggling give someone else a go yeah. Simple as that. That's all you can do. Let really. someone that, else that play. Is, is that someone else? Yeah, exactly. If that other player is bad, you put him back in. The other player has to go and strop on the bench because it's like, well, you tried. You didn't do much for me. So. Do you say, sorry, do you say strop on or strap on? Strop. Strop on the bench. Not strap on the bench. <laughs> a, a, little, a, little, a little strap on. <laughs> oh, I was like, what have I heard then? Um, so speak, speaking of fun, um, one last final question, which I think has been mentally, or, or just like a, a, an observation 
which has been mentally blown out of proportion, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to have my piece on it then, Gask. I want you to have your say. Um, Rashford, who was injured for this game, so it's irrelevant, but he he um, he was out partying after the Manchester derby um, and people have been having a go at him. Um, I think that's really, really unfair oh, and mean I, because it, it's it, his birthday. The, the like what? The, is, this, is, this is my big issue with this, right? Because it is a load of bollocks, yeah? Mm. If... It's one of these situations where, because they lost, according to fans, you should have to go and lie in your bed and cry and yeah. think about what you've done. Like, like you're a child being told off. You shouldn't be allowed to go and enjoy your life. Yeah. You know? No, you have, to go and, you have to go and shop in your bedroom now because you've done rubbish. Yeah. That's, that's how you get treated. If, if, imagine if, if City went on a 10-game losing run, right? And, oh, it was Bernardo Silva's birthday and he was out till 3 a.m. I probably picked the worst player there because I can't imagine him on a night out. But, you know, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know... You'd be like, who cares? I says, we're struggling and he's still got a social life. Yeah, he's, he's got a life outside of football. Exactly. Like, okay, he had a, maybe he's out really late drinking or whatever, doing whatever he's doing and they've got a game on, on Wednesday, right? And maybe, you know, there was he's just, he's they had a rule or something and he's gone over it, fine. And he has a talking to, it's done with. But it's just, they blow everything out of proportion so much because it's him. Yeah. And it's just it's like, weird. no, I says, He's, he's enjoying it. So, okay, if he's out a bit too late and he's been told off, he's been told off. So even, what? Even from you know? like Ten Hag as well, though, like it, I, I don't think he specifically mentioned anything to do with time. I think he was just talking about it generally. He was having a go with him, which I did, I thought was really unfair, to be fair, to have a go at your player yeah. for I celebrating mean, their birthday. But the problem is like, we don't know what the ins and outs are. We don't know if there was literally like, oh, we have to be in training at this time and he was potentially late. You don't, I guess we don't know. But yeah, having to go with someone for going celebrating the birthday. It's not, it's not his fault his birthday lands on the weekend of the Manchester Derby. Should he go, yeah. oh, sorry, Manchester Derby this weekend. Can't celebrate my birthday. Sorry. Yeah, I've got to mope around in my room. Like, imagine wait till if that next, was in wait any till next week when we play Fulham, like for example. Like, no, <laughs> imagine if that was like no. any other industry. It's like, oh, sorry, I put in a really shit job, but you know that the printers today. Um, yeah. Guess I'm not going to go out afterwards. Like, no, yeah. piss off. Exactly. Yeah, um, like, so yeah that, that, that just annoyed yeah. me. Yeah, so, and then fair. obviously today, today with the bloody United standing as well, bloody creating up crap, and he had to go and comment on that. <laughs> that was funny. Just, the fans are just honestly <laughs> need to get a grip. Mm. You can't, they're just making shit up now. For this. Whenever they lose, you'll notice the same media outlets come out and they say the same stuff. And it's all the time. It's like, oh, oh, uh, what, was it? what what they always come out with? Oh, we're d- dressing room, the dressing room uh, oh, leaks. Evil. Like, the leaks. like, what do you mean? It's like little Randall from recesses in the corner of his little clipboard, like writing stuff down to give it to the media. <laughs> no, little Randall. You're making stuff up. <laughs> Did you watch recess? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Randall, you remember the yeah, little, yeah, little, little knobheads? Yeah, little, like, little virgin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, little creeper. Uh, <laughs> fantastic we've got a recess uh, uh, analogy in there that's fantastic <laughs> but yeah so that was United's winger woes let's switch over to the blue side of Manchester now Gasky because there is a winger who is absolutely popping off at uh, Manchester City Man City battering Bournemouth um, 6-1 um, in large part to Jeremy Dock whose brilliant performance he equaled the record for most assists in a Premier League game got five goal contributions as well obviously one of those assists came off uh, Akanji's bum but who cares we take those uh, and <laughs> he, he was, he was, uh, was basically a perfect performance from him good defensively yeah. tracking back uh, really good on the left uh, came over to the right to get an assist for Bernardo's first goal even drove through the middle at times and basically when he's in that sort of mood we touched on like, the pace earlier add that to his trickery 
it's basically an impossible defender. It's an impossible task to defend against him. How impressive have you been uh, with, with Doherty so far? It was, inc- was incredible. It was one of the, probably one of the best games from a winger in a long time that I've seen in a Premier League match. Like, th- I would, if you told me two years ago that he's a, like that type of player is a City player and Haaland's a City player, I'd laugh at you because they're not they're not City players. But clearly, it works. That is that different edge that they can give them. And and it's, it's the it's his body feints. How you can just kind of just the defender knows where you're going, but it's like he can't stop you. He'll just do a little tiny feint, and he's gone. Yeah, impossible to, to like, like it's track. It, it, it's it's the feet, as you say, it's a shift in body weight. See, where you don't know he's going left or right, and yeah. the fact that he's good with his left foot and his right foot. You don't know yeah. which which way he's going to go. And, and we said we said a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Like, oh, the, if he's it, an end product, he needs to work on, and he shuttles up. Put four assists in the game. Like, yeah. oh, okay, good for you, mate. Right. So, really, what can he improve? The o- just do that every game. Yeah, it's very difficult. The the only gripes I well, it's not even gripes. Just like he's only twenty one, so hopes, you think yeah. the only way is up. Um, he does have to. It's it's that cut inside when he's on the left. When he cuts inside onto his stronger right, and if he can get those on target, like you know, in the top corner, then that's like that's that is the he's, iron yeah, robin. He's own, he's own end product, about. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. His own end product. He needs to work on, but. Is do you necessarily need that? If you can, if someone else does it, I guess to make you the most complete player. Exactly. In order to graduate to you know top three, top five wingers in the world conversation, which I think he can potentially be with the end product. You will need to add that. Yeah, as I say, you know the the Iron Robin cut, the Gareth Bale cut in. You know where where you know what they're gonna (laughs) do, but it's irrelevant because you can't stop them. Is is the level. You create, create yourself a yard and put it, instead of putting it wide, you put it in, yeah, on target, mm. yeah. Well, so obviously we know about his dribbling, you know, uh, statistically the best dribbler in Europe in terms of the amount of times he attempts a take-on, amount of times he succeeds in those uh, take-ons as well, statistically the best. The fact that the rest of Europe allowed Pep to have the best dribbler in the world, by the way, in, in Europe is, is mental It, it makes me. you think, doesn't it, like, is it the fact that no one valued him at that cost? Is it the fact that no one's got any money to pay for that? Yeah, and I don't would, know. Like, it, if you think about it, what other teams would have needed that type of player? Well, well, it's interesting you, you bring that up because um, we were. Uh, uh, I mean, alleged. If you want to like, listen to like the you know the, the, the journalists and the transfer people and, and such, he was always basically nailed on to come to City this summer. But the team is being sort of like moved to the sort of you know potential challenges for his signature. And then the main one was West Ham. It's you know it's not names like yeah. you know Arsenal, Liverpool, United, yeah. you know, all, all these mammoths. They don't they weren't really in for him. Um, and I wonder, yeah, why? Maybe it's because they didn't want to take the risk because you know they think maybe volatile player yeah. in the French league. It but- is. I mean, it is a risk because it was the same with um, what was his name? He played for Sar. You know, Sarri played for Watford, yes. and everyone thought, oh, he's a cracking player. He's now he's now stuck at Marseille. It's like. It's a big risk because they would have asked for a lot of money there and he's gone nowhere. So I, I guess I can understand why it's a bit of a risk because it's, you know, it, the style of player he is, it could just be a dead end because it's very difficult. But he's, I think he's at the right club at the right time, you know, to get that extra, that last bit of his game. Definitely, yeah. If, as, as we mentioned, if he can be just coached, and he will be. And, and, and I've seen the improvements already. Like, I what. Obviously, I was impressed by his dribbling against um, Bournemouth because that's what he does. But it was also like uh, it was the assist for the Bernardo Dinked goal. That that's an unbelievable long ball. I didn't know that Doku had that in his locker. To be honest, I yeah. didn't know he was able to do that. But 
that's yet another string to be able to look up and go and 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 pick out a run. Like I I, I didn't think he was able to do that. Especially someone who's not simple, because it's easy when you've got someone who's, you know, who's like, like Holland, for example, who's just flat out pace. You can you can have it off a little bit and you'll find it still. But to someone with Bernardo, who's obviously not the quickest, you've got to have that perfect. And he was perfect for especially for his for his type of player. Like for a small winger to do that is it's very impressive. What was your favorite visually Doku goal or, or, or sorry? goal contribution from the Bournemouth game. I'm going for the sec his uh, I think it's it's Bernardo's first goal is when he cuts him from the right and he beats his man and he does some trickery trickery with his feet in the box, plays it to Bernardo who scores. That's my favourite. What was yours? Yeah. Uh, the Kanji one. No. Um, <laughs> Which this, this is on the interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um oh, ball to I Bernardo or his goal. Long, I think it'd have to be the long pass. Just because you, you when when someone's playing that way, and the Bournemouth players, you'll they'll know right. Okay, he's going to take us on there, and it's the fact that he can go and do something completely that's not not his style, not his way of playing, to create something. That's what a lot of a lot of players don't have. Like I don't think Ronaldo's ever done that. Like just gone, I'm going to play a long ball, you know, as a winger. It's it just shows that he can do anything. Or if he puts his mind to it, consistency is all he needs, really. Yes. If he can do, if he can consistently do it, then it's mm-hmm. you yeah. know, no one's stopping him. It's very early days, but the sign, the right, the signs at are twenty-one though. At twenty-one, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the signs are he could become that guy. I would like to see, as I say, a bit more composure on the shot when he cuts inside, and I'd like to see what we saw at Wren, where he primarily played on the right of City so far. His best works come off the left, cutting in. He's more than capable of doing that on the right. I want to see that more so we have another option yeah. and a more versatile player. Speaking of versatility, Gasky, um, John Stones, in terms of like the lineup, um, I thought it was going to be a Stones midfield job and like, you know, Walker as a centre half, you know, that, that sort of vibe. It actually turned out that it was Stones staying back at the centre half. Walker did his thing of going to right wing. Um, and it was like a Rod- Rodri Kovacic in the in the pivot, whatever you want to call it. So, how like um, we talk about Arsenal and Arteta in the Patreon supporter things. Uh, lot, lots of people saying that you know they're maybe too reliant on a certain midfield setup. Um, but how like important is it from a City perspective that they have all these players and they're not obviously maybe Rodri aside um, that they don't have to rely on a certain player being in a certain position. Stones. In the midfield, obviously he can play the Stones role, but we didn't need him in the Stones role against midfield, against Bournemouth. Sorry, he was able to play as a centre half. Walker doesn't have to play at centre half; he can play at right wing. Um, you know, Doku left, right, and even with the substitutions, Holland went off to Alvarez, who was in midfield, went up top. Alvarez went off, Foden went up top. Um, Oscar Bob comes on, Foden moves to the right, Oscar Bob goes to striker. So, how important is it to have that sort of utility and versatility? It is probably the most difficult thing I would say for an opponent to come up against because, you know, a lot of a lot of teams like Bournemouth, you know, your teams in the bottom who they probably man mark a bit more than, you know, your higher up teams do. So when when you're constantly moving players around and they don't know who's going to be where, Total it's very football. difficult. Exactly. It's very difficult to know where to when to push, especially for a striker. When you when you're expecting, let's say, Stones to step forward, for example, and Scorch to step up and go and sit in that gap, when he doesn't move, you're like, oh, 
right, uh, where, where do I do now? <laughs> yeah. Where do I go now? I'm going to have to sit, you've got two centre-backs to deal with and Rodri. And they aren't creating them holes that you'd expect for when Stone steps up. And you've got to look for the error and then get into that gap. But the fact they won't, you know, they don't do it. And then, but you don't know who's going to do it. There could be an opportunity where Kyle Walker inverts himself into midfield. Yeah. And it's like, right, okay, what are they doing now? You know, you, you need a handbook just to deal with what, what play, what, which play is this with Peps this time around? You don't know. He's got that many. Yeah, uh, totally. And yeah, and Bernardo Silva as well. Six, eight, 10, left back, right wing, false nine, striker. Uh, he can do basically all of those to a very high standard. Um, and he seems to sort of like, like this season, um, it's in, in like the last few games, especially we, 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 we gushed about how good he was at Old Trafford and now against Bournemouth got, got two goals. Again, he was everywhere. He does seem to have maybe stepped up in the absence of De Bruyne. Players would have, would, you know, had to do that. De Bruyne's out. Gundogan's gone. Another midfielder, uh, I think Foden has stepped up, to be fair. But I think Bernardo's done that as well. And he's adding all these direct goals to his game uh, as as well. And that that little dink, especially like his second goal Beautiful. was just... <laughs> I thought he overran it because I was screaming. Square, I think it was like Nunes who was like asking for it. It, it, it would have been like, you know, a, a, you know, a, a sweaty goal on FIFA. Yeah. Um, I was like, play it, play it, play it. I thought he overdid it, but then he just like cuts inside just like an unbelievable <laughs> little, little dink. It's just yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah, I think that by the end of his City career, City fans will be talking about him in, in like the highest regard yeah, in terms yeah, of like, you no, know, definitely. The, he's, up, he's up there. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, not often you have a player of that skill set with that engine, with that uh, work rate and desire. Um, yeah, so uh, a bit annoyed that we conceded an unnecessary goal. I haven't actually watched that goal back yet, so I don't know who's necessarily at fault. Um, obviously, it didn't really um, matter. No. Um, just thinking uh, any other performances which caught my eye. Oscar Bob getting his first assist. That was really nice to see. Um, he, he's a good little player. Um, but I guess maybe final takeaways that City scored six goals and Holland and Alvarez weren't involved. Goals coming from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Which is another. Which is another. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Which is another really important thing. Yeah. We've lost Gundogan and Mares. People saying, "Where are the goals going to come from?" Well, you know, the likes of Doku stepping up, Foden, Bernardo Silva, uh, etc. So it's a really good thing uh, to see there. Um, good for the goal difference as well. Obviously, just thinking. Do I have anything else? Do you have anything else to say about City, Gasket? No, no, no. I don't. I don't it's think so. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. They're a hard team to catch, and I think this uh, the game against Spurs is going to be a good one coming up. Oh, against uh, at City, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, when it goes to Spurs, they're going to win one nil because that's how it works. Uh, but oh, yeah, it's, it's, City don't score there. <laughs> no, we, it's, 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 we've missed a penalty they still there. Never scored there. Never scored there. No, and never we've had a, and we've had a penalty in that ground as well. <laughs> at least one. It's, you wouldn't think, would you? Like, oh, the way that City have dominated the last few, last what five years, that there's a stadium they just struggle at. Yeah, it's just just weird. It's weird. It's mad. Hopefully, this season will break the, uh, will break that uh, taboo. Uh, I, I think I wanted to say something wise about City Gasky, but I can't remember what it was. What was it? What was it? You little fraud. Ooh. What was it about? Was it about a player, Holland? I don't think so. Uh, maybe it wasn't about anything. Doesn't matter. Um, right. Patreon questions. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much to our Patreon supporters for helping support. Uh, this podcast 
allow us to continue uh, making episodes like these. If you want to get involved in that, you can uh, find the link in the show notes or the YouTube video description. You can join for £3 a month. You get to submit questions and thoughts, opinions for us to react to, and you also get to become involved in our um, uh, you know, uh, debate podcast and our top five podcasts. Um, first one comes from Ed. Shout out, Ed. Um, and he asks, well, first of all, he asks why referee's so shit. Brilliant. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk about the, the Arsenal one shortly. Um, and then he, he also asks, before we get into a football one, if you had to, actually, no, let, let's do, let's do the Arteta one first and then we'll move on to that one. Cause that's, that's not a football related one. Um, Ed, Ed's other, Ed's other question was, uh, what are your thoughts on Arteta whining over VAR? Like he's the only <laughs> one affected. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the, the Arteta whining the official club statement which i thought was mad the, i that for me is the, the bit like okay a manager just throwing his ties at the pram has happened in the yeah, past that's it's, fine it, it goes down in 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 premier league law doesn't it but mm. for the club to back that is like if the fa be like wait a minute like whoa you it's, need to, you need to, what should be happening is you should be saying, we understand your frustration, but you need to dial it back. You're getting fine now. It's just Not such a... backing. Like, what do you, what do you do in that situation? Like, from, what, do you, what did the FA do to the club? It's like... <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, just, what? It's just weird because they haven't even... Spe- the only thing that they can get absolutely annoyed at is the fact that Bruno Gimaraes wasn't sent off. He absolutely should have I been. Think, that isn't in dispute. Can I have their opinion on the goal just because of the push? Because I think that was a bit, uh, it was quite, it was very much like, you know, he's pushed him. But the, the, the amount of decisions that have been in it, you can mo- everything can moan about it. But like, like the, the literally the first week with the Onana situation, right? They apologised. You know, Gary O'Neill kicked off about it. And the Wolves didn't release a statement saying this is ridiculous. Yeah. They just got on with it and thought, right, it, it's been and gone. But for him to basically ignore the fact that his team was so average and they got beaten for the first time in the season, he's just thrown his... It reminds me of Wenger. Because Wenger was exactly the same as this. He would find any other reason to not to go. We were, we were the second best or we weren't good as we can be. It was any other excuse. Yeah, because Arsenal were poor. That's that's the thing. Like they didn't yeah. create a single big chance. Even I, I thought the goal was fine personally. Um, if I was an Arsenal fan, the thing I'd be most annoyed at is the fact that the ball quotes, you know, whether it goes out of play or or not, whatever. All the Arsenal, like so many Arsenal defenders, like four or five of them, either put their hand up or they turn around to the linesman yeah. to say, "What what are you doing?" The moment of concentration. The game's still going. Literally, this is what children are taught. Play to the whistle. Ben White then yeah. doesn't close the cross, which comes down and they score the goal from it. So if they just stayed switched on, then maybe uh, you wouldn't actually... You could, you could have avoided it. If he, exactly. If, you know, if, if Ben White reacts and thought, that might not go out, I'm going to run that down. He closes him down. That cross doesn't come in. So instead of looking for excuses to moan about, just think about what could have been avoided. Yeah. Everyone's having to deal with some of these decisions in VAR, right? Some of them are good and some of them are, you know, this is why we've got it. Some of them are just so bad. You think, what is the point? Mm-hmm. But everything was so 50-50 on that goal. Like, like proof is, I felt like there was a bit of a push there potentially going to give him the free kick for. You yeah. think, no, it was good enough for me. That's evidence that it's so 50-50 that you can't no, just yeah, act like yeah, it's, exactly. only, it's against you. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah. What all you can do in a game of football is control the controllables. You can't control if there's going to be some bad officiating or bad refereeing. So you should you should always play as if something bad is going to happen. As as if yeah. so so an offside, for example, one of the biggest pet peeves is when a defender puts their hand up because the they shots. think yeah. yeah, because it it's like you putting your hand up, mate, is slowing you down. You could be running and getting on the end of the But it's not like yeah. you putting your hand up, what's likely to go, I agree with you. Exactly. Mate. It's no, meaningless. It's, not gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. it's not like we're gonna go, oh yeah, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, actually, yeah, let me cut no. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. they're not they're, no one is impacted by you the, putting your one, hand up. The big one for me that I always think in my head is don't give the referee a decision to make. Just play your game. If you start giving the referee a decision, the referee could give the decision either way. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen. That's why, like, when a player decides I'm going to try and win the ball here, just think, are you going to give the referee... After, is the referee going to have to look at that and give, have to make a decision? Don't give him the decision to make. Ben White not running down and having the cross come in. You're creating, like you said, a controllable. Like, something's going to happen, you know? You keep, you know, your keeper could fumble it and it goes in. You might have nothing to do with VAR. And it's, then it becomes a defender's fault. But because controversial controversial decisions happened, it's masked, like you said, it's masked over the fact that they just stopped. They assumed it was going to go out. Whereas that the only difference in that goal, really, for me, the main thing was Newcastle wanted it more. Simple as that. Also, Rye's positioning was terrible uh, for, for, the, for the goal. And, and what, what, what was it? What was it about two months ago? Oh, we've got two of the best keepers in the world now in our team. I'm sorry, but Ramsdale had a shocker against West Ham and now he's had a shocker there. You've got no keepers now. Yeah. And that's what happens. That's what happens when you try and get a sub keeper to challenge your first choice. Yeah. Oh, God, that, I mean, that, uh, that whole, the whole situation's weird to me um, yeah. with, with the keepers. But yeah, um, uh, in, t- in terms of like the VAR, um, it's fine to be upset. I was upset when uh, when Bruno Fernandez scored that clearly offside goal in a Manchester derby in a really see, high stakes. Yeah, I, I, I don't recall exactly. City releasing. But exactly like that, that goal though, that goal <laughs> is very much like, it, you know, who who's on VAR, who's looking at it and who, what opinions his or hers opinion, you know, that's the situation. Like you're creating, you're creating it. It's like the ball, the ball's gone in, you know, and one Rashford was just quick and it's created this issue where, Oh, but something's going to happen, and it's like right. You could, you know, you could have done it again the next day, and a different person's in there, and he disallows it. Just yeah. one of them. But Arteta, shut up. That's all I say. Also, well, like last month or so, wasn't he saying we should be fairer to referees because they've got a hard job? And that's a good point. Actually, I didn't that. that. I'm sure he did. Actually, it's I'm sure really, he was. What was so after? Funny. Oh, what I can't remember. What was after? Yeah, I can't recall. But, but let me but guess. A decision went Arsenal's way. I'm guessing. Potentially, I, I can't. You know, it could have been Gennaro's offside. It might have been. <laughs> I, I can't remember but like people put like the, the quotes side by side and it's just it is really funny um, the way he goes like this country is disgraceful it's disgusting it's like it's like what you said we have to protect them yeah and also again yeah, like be point. specific though like because you, you the, the only question mark is the foul because there is no conclusive proof about whether the ball is out of play or whether but it's an offside is, that happened to United against Brighton it was pretty much exactly the same situation for Rashford and they gave it out and said the ball's going out of play it's not a goal which is like fine okay if you think that's out of play again it's just an opinion a different person's opinion simple as that yeah if you want to complain about saying we should have more camera angles I agree but you can't say the decision making's a disgrace because I thought they came to the right decision like Um, goal line technology's been in in play for god knows how long get the whole lines on the pitch in it simple as that 
Obviously, Bruno should have been sent off. Whether you think Havertz should have been sent off, I don't know. That was, I'm sorry, but he's running and he just goes, whoop. Yeah. Puts his shoulder up, he's like, yeah, mate, of course. Of course you accident. He did it again as well. He did it to Jorginho again as well. Yeah. But then I think I think Havertz maybe should have been sent off as well because that was an awful tackle. Potentially, yeah. For, yeah. for me, I, I probably would give that a yellow plus. Bruno definitely. That was an orange, that one. Bruno, yeah. that was an orange, yeah. Definitely. Um, uh, Will asks, um, Harry Kane and Bellingham are bossing it abroad. Do you think we're going to see it happen a lot more now uh, two of the biggest names in English football are doing it? I hope so. Because I I, do as well. I've wanted it's this happen for a, a while. More. It's happening more. There's, there's more and more players that are going abroad and doing well and then yeah, getting good. their big it's, money moves. I feel like it, it, as a player, it's pr- it must be better to experience different systems and and different opposition and to therefore broaden your horizon from like a tactical yeah. footballing perspective. Because I, I, I always thought that was an issue with one of the issues of our golden generation in England was the all played in the same league so they all knew each other's style but didn't know any other styles you play them you play them you play in these teams in these countries twice a year you know in the Champions League for a handful of the players so these players that get to go abroad and you know exactly like see how Spanish football gets on with Bellingham and German football for Kane it's perfect for them to kind of basically oh we're coming up against Germany I know their weakness I know what I can do how these German centre-backs think you know it creates more chances and it also so. shows that England English football is good, and the England English players are good. Yeah, that, that that's the thing as well. Like, if Real Madrid and Bayern Munich want our players, that's a pretty good sign that we've got some yeah. amazing talent. So, if anything, I want more English players to be desired and to be signed yeah. by these you know, behemoths. Exactly. Like, if you, if you can't if you can't get through the youth system at a big uh, top six club in the Premier League, instead of going, oh, I'll, I'll drop to a mid table team, go and look abroad. Yeah, take 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 the shot. Definitely, yeah, uh, yeah. Get, get um, and and yeah, get get like a broader uh, perspective on what English football is. Well, I, yeah. I I think it can only be a, a good thing. To be fair, um, I understand the argument of you know, oh, you know, like if you think of like Spain twenty ten, it was basically all Barca, Real Madrid. That's fine if they're all going to play for like one or two clubs, but the Premier League's so strong that no, exactly it's, like, it's going to be spread yeah. out quite you know by like you know four or five very, clubs. Yeah, it's very difficult. But and also the quality of them Spanish players were ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well. Um, so, I mean, Ed asked why referees are shit. So, so that, that, that was sort of in line with that. Um, not related to Coventry, what would you do to get your two new strikers who you spent a lot of money on to start scoring more? Uh, create more chances for the Meds, I reckon. Um, and, and then this is actually a question from last week, which, which we forgot, to, which we didn't have time to get onto. Uh, if you had to live in any country that isn't where you currently are, where would you live and why? Ooh, spicy one. Shall we, for argument's sake, shall we assume that we can speak the language? Yeah. Because at my age, I ain't learning languages. I'll pass things. It is a shout. I was, was, was going to say it's a shout. It's like a shout. Mm, good food, good weather. I have to be careful, you see. I can't have somewhere too hot for obvious reasons. It, because you're a ginger um, nut. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if that my skin might adapt, do you reckon it will adapt? What? Do you, do you reckon you'll like evolve? If I, if I was to live in the sun constantly, do you reckon I'll start to go brown or do you reckon I'll just be look like I've been in, been to Chernobyl? <laughs> yeah, I think you'll become a prune, to be fair. Yeah. I like sorry. a shriveled up raisin. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, it's a tough one that one. Italy, um maybe Port Portugal. <laughs> I could maybe, be, again, I yeah. Are you thinking definitely Europe then? I think yeah, I don't think I'd leave Europe, no. No? Like as much as like I enjoy going on like holidays to America and seeing cities, I couldn't live there. 
No. Good. No, Fine to, to visit. I, th- I think I'd hate to live there, though. That's what I mean. It's somewhere that I can imagine. I think, I think, I think I have to go with Italy. Just, just, there's so Good many nice areas there. Exactly. You still get to watch your sport. Somewhere like, somewhere like on the, on like the outskirts and like somewhere a bit secluded and then you can, within distance. The Amalfi Coast. Italy. Sorrento. Mm. Sicily. So, yeah, I, th- I think I'll go Italy as well, to be fair, because I, I love Italian food, uh, lo- love, love, the, love the culture, love the weather, love the, the, uh, the vibes in Italy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go there. I think, should, should we yeah. go together? Should we, should we go now? <laughs> Woo! <Let's> go. <laughs> there we go. So, great question. Thank you for that. The uh, is moving. Three on tour. <laughs> I think that's, um, that's, yeah, that's, that's all our questions for today. So thank you guys so much for submitting those. Um, if you would like to support the channel on Patreon and get lovely perks like asking us questions and getting your, you know, you're getting a name check in our podcasts, link is in the show notes and YouTube video description. It, you can join the podcast ultra tier for three pounds uh, a month. Uh, if you'd like to anyway, if not, just continue to, to enjoy watching, um, enjoy watching and listening. If not, if not, why? Tell us why. What, what are we not offering you? What, what do you want more of? Give us, give us constructive criticism. This is what we look for. There we go. Wise words from Gasky. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to the Knobcast. We really hope you have enjoyed it and got something out of it. The uh, the big winger uh, comparisons. Uh, United uh, getting the victory, but not quite the performance Gasky wants. Uh, City currently flying. Um, big game this week for City. I don't know who United plays. City play... Copenhagen. United. Oh, the, on the, I'm I'm sorry, in the league. The league. Ooh, fantastic question. We, and we didn't even t- really touch on the fact that United got bopped at home by Newcastle 3-0 in the League Cup. Um, we don't discuss that. Okay, we don't discuss that. <laughs> uh, United play... It's at home. Uh, yes, yeah, at home because City go to Stamford Bridge. Yeah, uh, Luton. Right, so, well, they maybe you won't lose so, that one. So that'll be Luton's um, first win. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be fair. Yeah, first away win. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, big, big game for United to obviously, you know, get a, a good, that's that's a chance to put in a good performance as well. That's, that's a morale match. If they can turn Luton over and get, you know, a nice win, mm. confidence boost. After a good win against then, Copenhagen. Then it's, then it's international break, isn't it? I think so, yeah. There's international break, then you go on a little break and then mm. come back and fight over Christmas. Yeah, fight, yeah. Uh, yes. I, yes, and City with a big test at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea have been hot and cold this season, um, but Cole Palmer maybe with the points to prove a big, tough game for well, City. Yeah, I, forgot, I forgot he plays for Chelsea. He does, he's been one of their best players so far, to be fair, this uh, season. Really, we've enjoyed listening, guys. We've enjoyed hosting you. Um, Gasky, have you enjoyed existing? I, I always, I all existing is my middle name. <laughs> Don't see what the problem is. That is a clapped middle name. Can't lie. Um, I've, I've, I've enjoyed existing as well. I've been nobbins. Uh, Gasky's uh, been Gasky. Uh, Gasky, sh- sh- shall we? Shall they listen to us next time? If you don't listen to us next time, again, I wanted to know why. Why not? Mm. And should they also follow the podcast so they can stay updated for whenever we release follow- one of these? Follow. Follow on. Follow what though? The podcast. On Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Everywhere. Anyway, just not myself. Don't stalk me. Yeah, not, yeah. We're not going to drop our (laughs) postcode. Thank you guys. We'll catch you next time.